have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 2010. We're finally there. It's finally 10 years out. <laughs> That's the only rule. Really, the only rule we have. Stay positive and 10 years out. Yeah. And there are several rules. Uh <laughs> The Social Network, the film by David Fincher, uh, and it's, I'm so excited. It's so exciting to watch a movie that is just only 10 years behind us, but yet I remember it like it was yesteryear. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because there are some movies that we've done that are even older than this, but feel newer. But this one, the real trick is the whole thing visually feels modern and like it could have just come out this year. But because the story lives in a pre-Facebook era... It's immediately a period piece. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and so we are reviewing this movie, and we are so excited. And I just want to say, just up front, before we get into anything, Grayson. Ricky. I'm so glad that we're friends. Oh, thanks, man. Me too. More, more than anything, this movie made me really appreciate friendship. Um, yeah. Uh, people starting things. Uh, mm-hmm. And it not going wrong. Um, so um, This is a bad time to tell you uh, mm-hmm. I am going to cut you out of the podcast. No! I got... Whatever the podcast equivalent of Justin Timberlake is, <laughs> Chris Hardwick. I don't know. Chris, I, I, I don't. Aaron Mankey from Lore. I, don't I think uh, Joe Rogan, maybe. I don't know. So let's go ahead and uh, dive back into the year known as two thousand nine. So this is really fascinating. I think so. Uh, there was a book being written called the. Accidental Billionaires, and it was a somewhat fictionalized story uh, based off of the real events of the creation of Facebook. Uh, and it was a super early version of the script that, you know, Ben uh, Mesrick was shopping around before the book was even finished. He's like, so who wants to make a movie about this? Uh, and so Aaron Sorkin um, read three pages of this book. Uh, just a sample, he said, I'm making this. And so parallel, the book wasn't even done. Parallel to the, the what he did read from that book uh, and basically Aaron Sorkin writing the script, they wrote it like parallel. Um, they made the script for a social network. And I'm going to read an excerpt from Aaron Sorkin. Uh, what attracted me to the film had nothing to do with Facebook. The invention itself is as modern as it gets, but the story is as old as storytelling. The themes of mm. friendship, loyalty, jealousy, class, and power. So after that, he basically went in and did his own research in order to come up with the story that he did. And so uh, that's why it's technically based off of the Accidental Billionaire's story but also not directly like the whole story because you know they were both writing the same story at the same time so going back to quote aaron sorkin there's a lot of available research what i found was that two lawsuits were brought against facebook at roughly the same time that the defendant plaintiff's witness all came into deposition and swore under oath and three different versions of the story were told instead of choosing one and deciding that's the truest one or choosing one and deciding that's the juiciest one i decided to dramatize the idea that there were three different versions of the story being told and that's how i came up with the structure of the deposition room 
Now, I, I'm so glad we're talking about this right off the top because you know, Ricky, that I am a, a dyed-in-the-wool Sorkinite. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I've taken his master class and read interviews with him and all that kind of stuff. And there is a common criticism of his work that uh, any of the biopic-esque films like Moneyball or Steve Jobs, Social Network, obviously, uh, Molly's Game being the most recent, that with any of these that are based on you know, real people, uh, he has the criticism is that they're just not true, um, that things didn't happen the way that he wrote them. And he agrees. He's like, oh, absolutely not. Um, I'm going to start with the, the disclaimer, but it's in the credits. It's a very specific wording for this movie. In the end credits, it says, while this story is inspired by actual events, certain characters, characterizations, incidents, locations, and dialogue were fictionalized or invented for purposes of dramatization. With respect to such fictionalization or invention, any similarity to the name or to the actual character or history of any person, living or dead, or any product or entity or actual incident is entirely for dramatic purposes and not intended to reflect on any actual character, history, product, or entity. And that's completely in line with the philosophy that Sorkin takes whenever he writes one of these, which is story takes precedent over facts. He's not interested in how it really happened because his job as a writer and an entertainer is to tell the most engaging story. And once you kind of click into that, you're like, oh, okay. So all of these real life people, whether it's Jobs or, or you know Billy Bean or whatever, they are starting points uh, to craft a story. And that is a thing that he, he comes under fire with a lot. Uh, we've maybe mentioned a few times with Steve Jobs, uh, you know, the person that worked with Jobs, worked very closely uh, you know, involved in Apple, came up to him after one of the viewings and said, uh, none of what you had up there actually happened, but it's 100% true. The spirit of these characters mm. and of the events uh, are purely there to motivate story. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a great moment when Jesse Eisenberg was hosting SNL because of this movie and they got the actual Mark Zuckerberg to go up there and they were side by side. And he's like, oh, you know, it's more of like a, a character that I was creating uh, as opposed to based on you. You can understand why Zuckerberg would take umbrage with this script in a lot of ways, why he would be very upset by it. But Sorkin's entire take the whole time had been, I'm trying to tell a great story. And there are dramatic elements here inspired by real life events, but I'm going to construct them and move them around to be the most entertaining uh, version of those events. And that's why I love his pieces because it's completely focused on story. In his masterclass, he, he kind of makes a comment that's uh, like, well, if you want, if you want actual facts, like you should be watching a documentary. Uh, that's not what I do. Yeah. I invent stories, and um, I, I respect that. I respect that philosophy, and he's held, you know, true to it and defended it, and it pays off. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I take that same approach to every job application I send out. Of course, <laughs> I know Excel. It's my passion. I love it, and so I'm trying to conduct. Uh, the, the best story that would, you know, get yeah. me hired. The story of you knowing it is better than you actually knowing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And this movie, I mean, so the movie um, obviously tells the story of uh, that time that someone made a really cool social media thing. And in a movie that has uh, the subject matter of exclusivity uh, and how it relates to Harvard, I just find it so fitting that not even the filmmakers could make it into Harvard. Uh, (laughs) So the filmmakers couldn't shoot at Harvard. Uh, It had to Mm. shoot at uh, Josh Hopkins University of Maryland. And even some scenes were filmed at uh, UCLA film schools in California. Uh, That was just a random fact that I thought was hilarious. There was one moment, and I'm just remembering back to that masterclass, uh, where he talks about they did try to film at Harvard, like on the roof, because they people would recognize whether or not it was that. And that was accuracy. uh, So we talked about Sorkin's philosophy. For Fincher, uh, this being a David Fincher film, accuracy is really important to him uh, a lot of the times with this kind of subject matter. So he was like, I want to see Harvard, but they, they didn't get permission to film there. So they had like PAs given campus police the runaround while they're like, oh, get the shot. It's like, it's like being, you know, back in film school. Yes. It's like being a college kid. So they, they were doing that. But with Fincher, his accuracy is really interesting because that really goes at odds with uh, Sorkin's uh, philosophy. And there were changes in the script that were made where the the scene where he's first developing Face Mash and he's blogging and talking about how he's getting drunk and all that, you know, Sorkin... Uh, built a lot of that early stuff based on the blogs. Like it's Zuckerberg's words that he posted and they have the, the transcript essentially of what he was going through that night. And he's like, I have that, like that's source material. I built it there. He said, but I, I wrote it in the script that he had some kind of mixed drink. He had like a cocktail and it was more that like he was drinking a lot of this heavy liquor to get drunk. And he said, drinking to get drunk is very different than grabbing a couple beers and having one too many beers, especially in the setting of a college dorm. And so he went back and forth with Fincher about like, I think it should be, you know, hard liquor. And, and Fincher was like, well, we know that it was this beer. So I want it to be that. And ultimately, you know, Fincher's the director. So he wins out. Also it's David Fincher. (laughs) And so uh, you kind of had like these Titans of perspective. And the way that they were able to work together and kind of you know give and take, I thought was really interesting uh, in the details of this film. Yeah, and um, before even going even further to like the movie, we have to talk about the iconic trailer. Uh, if you don't oh. remember this trailer, it changed trailers forever. Uh, so the trailer for this, I remember, I have perfect memory of this because it was also parodied a ton uh but it is a children's choir singing creep by radiohead mm-hmm. um and if you didn't know that song in 2010 you certainly did it was everything just the children's choir singing the song and then just a bunch of like really fast cut edits of things happening and him making facebook and like it was so iconic. So anytime you hear a children's choir or a super slowed down version of that song, you know, um, like Jordan Peele does in a lot of his uh, movies, like I got five on. We have the social network to thank for its like popularity and influence because it was just 
everywhere. Well, and the music in this film, I mean, Trent Reznor's uh, involvement uh, on the music adds so much drama to it too. Like uh, the, the rowing scene with uh, Hall of Mountain King is... It's a sport that most people probably don't have a lot of connection to personally, but when you're watching it, it's very exciting. And to be able to translate those kind of moments to a trailer uh, really set this movie up for success. But yeah, that creep rendition, I was waiting for it in the movie. I was like, oh, was it only in the trailer or is it actually, it feels like it's so good that like they would want to put it in the movie as well, but yeah. Great trailer. Yeah. And uh, an even greater movie. I mean, with a budget of $40 million, uh, it went on to make over $224 million. Uh, and this movie... A lot of dollars. It was. I mean, you know, the tr- the poster said uh, you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies and also several million dollars. Uh and the movie went on to being praised as the Citizen Kane of the 21st century. Yikes. Yeah. Wow. Um, and just saying that the script is so solid, the visuals, yeah. tackling the question of what really means to be connected. I mean, people were praising this film, except for David Fincher. <laughs> so <laughs> David Fincher is very surprised about the success of this. And this is a quote I found that I thought was fascinating. Uh, Social Network is not earth-shattering. Zodiac was about murderers that changed America. No one died during the creation of Facebook. By my estimation, the person who made out the worst in the creation of Facebook still made more than $30 million. Uh, But then he goes on to say, it interests me that Social Network was about Friendships that dissolved through this thing that promised friendships. But I don't think that we were ripping the lid off anything. Uh, The movie is true to a time and a kind of person, but I was never trying to turn a mirror on the generation. That's interesting. Yeah, because compared to his other stuff, it's less gritty, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah. Fewer body count, (laughs) lower body count. Only in content, I feel like, because there's so... 10 minutes into this movie, I'm like, okay, I know I've seen this movie before. I know the story of Facebook. I've been on Facebook today. I feel like a murder is going to happen. Like in this movie, someone dies because of this. Uh, And that's uh, like what you're saying. Like the music, the score of this is just so good. And they know how to use music to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, and I think part of it too is knowing that there are people out there who these are representations of them yet no one dies in this and so uh they are still living with the consequences Mm -hmm. of this situation and like what you were saying about you know part of what appealed to aaron sorkin about this story is that it's kind of tale as old as time of you know friendship and greed and all that uh it's relatable um it's kind of et to zuckerberg (laughs) a lot of the times and the movie does a really great job. Even the poster, man, I, now that you bring it up, the supporting materials to this movie were on point. The whole thing is a package. Yes. But the poster doesn't give you any kind of misconception that Mark Zuckerberg is the hero of this movie. They flat out say creation myths need a devil in the movie um, to his face. And 
that's what this is. They are, he's like, okay, you want to, you want to poke the giant basically? No, no pun intended. <laughs> Look at that. Remember that? Uh, it's like, if you want to slay the giant, bring it down, then, you know, here's one characterization. How does a uh, seemingly normal, yes, genius and arrogant, but a human like this do something like that? Um, there's going to be drama around it. And I feel like David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin did an incredible job and all of the performances. Jesse Eisenberg, too, is very controlled, focused performance in this. Um, and then the heartbreaking performances of Andrew Garfield and uh, Army Hammer. It really does bring it all that drama out and um, kind of saturate the whole situation. So I, uh, I just am blown away every time I watch this movie, how they're able to craft that kind of story so well. Because um, I feel that way when I watch, I mean, really any Aaron Sorkin film, I mean, Jobs, all that, It's it's got that same, uh, it's got meat to it. You know, you yeah. can really dig your teeth into it, uh, which is so refreshing and beautiful as an actor. You know, there's so much text to work mm-hmm. with. Um, but what I really appreciate about the construction of this, and this to take something that Aaron Sorkin does and to kind of distill it the way that I'm about to feels very uh, an oversimplification, but I just really appreciated this time. I never noticed that, you know, he talks to Erica at the beginning, uh, the Rooney Mara character just kind of sets up the whole thing. Um, and as the inciting incident for him wanting to make face or face mash and all that, um, that terrible date at the midpoint is when he has that awkward interaction with her in the restaurant, mm-hmm. which he doesn't really talk directly to her until that point. And the only other time they have any semblance of an interaction is at the very end with the lingering friend request. And so she really does punctuate beginning, middle, and end to this movie. And you look at that and you're just like, what beautiful construction. Uh, the structure of this is so, I mean, Sorkin gets praised most of the time for his dialogue uh, just because it's brilliant and you have characters that uh, you know sound like they belong in this elevated world, but his structure of this is just really amazing and how they're able to flash backwards and forwards and create intrigue, something that he carried into his television projects as well, where some of his best episodes that he wrote for West Wing and Newsroom are this flashback style. Studio 60 plays with that as well, where you jump around in time. So it it's uh, he's got this this toolbox Sorkin does of writing and he's just able to construct these pieces so consistently and so well that I'm uh, I've become a sycophant in, in my fandom of Aaron Sorkin. It might be a problem, but I feel like this is one of the prime examples at looking at what he does. And so I, I just love getting to go through this story again. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's really just fascinating. So uh, I- I'm going to go into um, some more topics on this movie and like what I thought about it, especially different things I noticed this time around watching because I that thing at the end I completely even forgot that that is what bookends it. But before we go into any of that, Grayson, mm-hmm. remember joining Facebook for the first time? Oh man, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so in the movie, you know, they go through the journey of Facebook. 
my, I remember, I was like, I am in college. I finally have a .edu because that was the only way to join Facebook is if you got to like, if you had like a .edu email, I was like, finally, I have it. Not even six months, Grayson. I, I wouldn't say like three months in, Facebook opens to everyone. It's just open to the yeah. whole wide world. I'm like, I was cool for all of like three months. Uh, yeah. And- yeah. Well, I think that means that you and I were probably one of the first Facebook friends for each other. You're right. I mean, had to be like top 20. Yeah, at least. Oh, man. I, I wonder if you can go back and see. I mean, I'm sure Facebook will now remind us of when we first became friends. That's the one thing Facebook <laughs> can't do. The one thing. Uh, but yeah, I remember being on Facebook early on and just still, I'm like, okay, this will be my college thing. But my MySpace, this will last forever. Uh, I really think I just need to spend my time investing in my MySpace <laughs> and cultivating it uh, like a garden. And so I was, when I was, uh, after I got done rewatching this movie, I was talking with my wife about just like what the nature of Facebook was back in the day and how different it is now because uh she was like do do you even still post to people's walls or are walls still things yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said that in the movie i was like oh, wall right right yeah news like yeah because like now it's all about the feed uh profiles feeds yeah and it's just it's wild and and also it like the Facebook, I only ever knew it as the social media platform. I didn't know it that it actually existed before the... Oh, like a yearbook, like it was another word for that. I had never heard that before. Like a like a visual directory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I always called them uh, vidbooks. Uh, but it wasn't, it was not a popular phrase though because a great detail that I love in uh, when he's typing his blogs at the beginning is he types the word Facebook and it marks it as spelled incorrectly. Mm. And I was like, ah, it had not entered the zeitgeist yet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and, and I just remember, uh, just one small feature that my wife reminded me of. She's like, remember when Facebook used to, uh, have your status updates be like your first name, last name, and then you would attach uh, an attitude. Yeah, just like, Ricky and, yeah. is wondering how everyone's doing. To, like, I used to send, like, really yeah. just, like, basically Twitter before Twitter. Uh, but, like, part of the feed was just seeing how people were doing. And then. Yeah. I was always like, well, I can leave that blank. <laughs> I, yeah, it was just, I, I, I was on it definitely to connect to other people and see what other people were doing but it's it's grown by so much and it's just it's so fun to look back and be like yeah that is where facebook started and it mm. it's now that thing that everyone's on in fact it, it inspired me grace and i was really inspired to make my own website oh yeah uh, and and i know a lot of people would go to a sponsor of a popular website maker but not us I'm going to create a website called the Headcanon. Headcanon. Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, my biggest piece of headcanon uh, is that this is how Facebook was made. Sorry, I can't. I can't do it. Headcanon is too hard because it's based on real things. 
But the thing that you can kind of pull from this movie uh, and the kind of fictional real world that they created, because uh, we, we kind of encountered this when uh, we watched Newsroom uh, and how mm-hmm. Newsroom for its first season covered real life events, but covered by a fictional news station. Uh, and then it yeah. kind of went away from there. Uh, I would love to see or in this world, uh, I would actually love to see um how this actually uh what like i guess it's called a snake eats tail uh mm. kind of goes into how this version of justin timberlake actually goes on uh to be a manager of a boy band <laughs> and <laughs> and the uh david fincher world uh we get to see the dark gritty whiplash version of uh, boy band being created mm. Uh, with the Jonas Brothers. Oh, Jonas Brothers. Yeah, I see, yeah. I see. So, uh, that's uh, that's that headcanon because I I did some research because again this is based on real people. Uh, and so mm. did you know that uh this is a headcanon? This is just real canon. <laughs> um, did you know that Sean Parker uh is like an investor in Spotify? Makes it sense. makes so much sense. I don't know why I'm so makes surprised. But if I could offer one piece of advice, um, call it Seanify. <laughs> I, th- I, I, I think it's got legs. It's cleaner. It certainly is. My headcanon is that Mark Zuckerberg, the real life Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah. Is the real life Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie really brought that out. I think it really... That, that's why I didn't want people watching it. They're going to... Get wise to his oh, operation. man. Yeah, so hear me out on this. Mm-hmm. So sure, the thought originally crossed my brain because of Andrew Garfield. But once it was in there, that little kernel wouldn't go away. And um, so I think that Mark Zuckerberg is probably Spider-Man because, think about it, they both work with the web. <laughs> um, they essentially have a very similar... Uh, uniform. Um, Maybe he doesn't take the hoodie off because it's got that kind of like nanotech. He has to be ready at a moment's notice. Um, He, you know, mostly works alone, Mm -hmm. but does occasionally team up with others. He becomes infatuated with this older uh, mentor type that he wants to be like, who's very wealthy uh, and a a party boy. Is that the term party? Why does that sound so weird in my mouth? Uh, that would be He's the weirdness, Grayson. That's uh, that's what you're feeling. A partyman. <laughs> He's a full-grown partyman, and um, yeah. So I guess the extension of that headcanon is that Sean Parker is the real-life Tony Stark. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I I love that. I love that headcanon of that. Uh, there's actually a comic series called, I want to say Powerless, no relations to the NBC show, uh, but basically uh. followed a bunch of these Marvel characters, but if they didn't have superpowers. And so, oh, or they never went on to become their superhero persona. And so, oh, so maybe this is that. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, Peter Parker got a bite from a field trip, and like, that was it. Like, no radioactive. He just had like a really bad bug bite. Uh, I want to say. Uh, like Wolverine was like a mercenary for hire, uh, mm-hmm. and Punisher 
was there. I forget what his thing was. Largely, he stayed the same, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to kind of see, like, hey, how would these characters still develop without their extraordinary circumstances? So I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense because Eduardo then is the the real life Osborne. <laughs> yeah. It's Harry Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to kill yeah, Mark Spider-Man. Zuckerberg. Uh, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg is Spider-Man. That tracks. You heard it here first. All right. Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast. Remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? You know what? Here's the thing. I'm For me, I'm just going to cut myself off. I don't want to remake this masterpiece. It's amazing. It's yeah. good. Uh, I, it's only been 10 years. I don't want to touch it. What I do want to do is I want to expand the universe, uh, kind of like I mentioned yes. before. I want to see the Vine uh, <laughs> docu, uh, docudrama uh, that talks about the rise and fall of Vine. Yeah. And it's just, if you had invented Vine, you would have invented Vine. Which only takes six seconds to say, so it would fit. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would just love to see all of these like really interesting dramatic stories of uh, that MySpace, uh, all these dating apps that are just around, and I just think that that would be fascinating. But I want it done in this style, and I want it to be. Yeah. I would love it if Netflix basically did a. Uh, I don't know why. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, a Black Mirror serialized story where each episode is different but covering a different uh social network uh Mm. because if you've ever listened to the podcast because of course you do uh business wars uh it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to other than our own is that with aaron mankey is with aaron he i'm aaron (laughs) mankey and this is business wars Uh, and so business wars basically chronicles the stories of uh famous business rivalries they'll do uh mcdonald's versus burger king or coke versus pepsi uh and it's really well done and it's uh done across like seven hour long episodes and they're really interesting uh i want to see that but in the David Fincher, Aaron Sorkin style, where we get to see the uh, the rise of these companies that we now all just accept as like, oh, yeah, Facebook is a website and McDonald's is a place that you go to. But how mm. did they start? Yeah, I think it calls for the expanded universe. I, I want to see Tom's origin story. Where did he get the T-shirt? <laughs> the origin of that picture. It would just be a super pixelated picture. It's like, you don't get eight friends without making at least seven <laughs> friends first. And then one Ooh. more. <laughs> and it, just the final frame of the film is that picture. Yes. Hey, Tom. Whatever makes you happy. Going to the recasting. Ricky, I went with the most obvious yet jank city recast (laughs) for this movie. Jank city. Basically, if they were making a parody of this movie. You're in jank city now. Uh, So I feel like the obvious recast is instead of Jesse Eisenberg, I went with Michael Sarah. Of course. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which basically is what he was in... The season four and five of Arrested Development. Yes. It was like this, yeah. um, just at, at its worst. <laughs> and then for Eduardo, uh, you know, I thought that Andrew Garfield did such a great job, but I just had to recast him with Tom Holland. Do it. 
<laughs> it works. I think that's just his contract it now. It really works. And then for the, the Winklevi, I went to Army Hammer's co-star in Man from Uncle, Henry Cavill. Yes. Because every time there is digital manipulation on Henry Cavill's <laughs> face, it just works. You're printing money. Oh, my goodness. I love it. 100%. Oh, man. I want to send your recast and remake just the most earnest friend request. I love it. Delete. Huh. And now we're going to go into our final segment of the show where we like to give you the reasons to recommend. You know what? I'm sorry. Reasons to recommend. It's cleaner. Uh, So, Grayson, why would you recommend The Social Network? It starts with the writing. It's so brilliantly crafted. And uh, and this is true of so many Sorkin scripts, and, and he talks a lot about this in, in his class, but uh, the way that they use the, the technical language and explain what's happening, I mean, it's above most people's heads. It, that part will be right, and it will sound very intelligent and very smart, and and Aaron Sorkin, he'll he'll be the first to tell. He's like, I don't know what this means. Like, I, I it, in the first uh, scene of uh, Steve Jobs, there's a similar thing where they're talking about the technical specs, and he's like, I don't know what it means. I know it's right uh, yep. because he does his research mm-hmm. and intentionally will construct events and characters to maximize entertainment. And yep. that is why I recommend this movie. It is an incredibly entertaining story, an engrossing story, and a relatable story. Because even if you don't operate at the level of Facebook, which who does, you have friendships in your life that are tested. And it's heartbreaking to watch in this movie. Two friends. I think the saddest portions are are when they are juxtaposing them as best friends and then immediately after it's them in the like the depositions and and they're suing each other and 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 all this so uh that that's really sad and i think there is a cautionary element to it don't make facebook don't make facebook if you're thinking about making facebook don't make facebook and that's what i really learned uh but no, there is a cautionary element of not losing the humanity and uh, you know having a team around you that you can trust and rely on and and don't you know deviate from that path. There's so many great moments in this movie, but it's all important: the writing, the directing, the acting. All of it uh, coalesces into this beautiful piece of art. That's why I recommend the Social Network. Absolutely, yeah. I mean. The Social Network is such a fun movie to go back and watch, especially if you were of the, I had Facebook when I first went to college and Facebook was like a new thing because it's so fun to relive that time. Uh, And also just to see how far technology has come because like when he popped open or closed his flip phone, I'm just like, yeah, man, I just, I remember closing my flip phone so hard <laughs> in a fit of anger but yeah it, it's a fun uh you know time hop uh sorry it's a t- it's a fun flashback that's better it's cleaner uh but but not only that this film knows how to show tension in film without like like i said from the beginning 
I was convinced, like, I'm pretty sure someone dies in this movie just because of music and the way that these shots are framed, like, have me feeling uneasy. Uh, and it's just a, it, it's a good movie with so much emotion about something that you think you know about because Facebook uh, is just one of the many things that we have in our life that we use as means to connection, uh, but it also calls a question about like, but what is connecting and what does it mean to really connect with people? Uh, and I think that it all has to do with heart and what you mean. Uh, and it's just, it's such a good movie. It's just like, it's one of those few movies where you can, I feel like have it, have a physical copy of this movie and like show it off to people be like, oh yeah, I've seen the social network. Like you read like a really thought provoking book. I feel like the social network yeah. is the equivalent. The Anna Karenina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so get yourself a Blu-ray copy of it and just hang it above your mantle and people will respect you more. Mm. Uh, and that's why I recommend the social <laughs> network. And that is our review of The Social Network. Let us know what you remember about The Social Network, the movie, not, you know, all of it, uh, on our social media platforms. Of course, where else are you going to do it? Uh, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and all places we are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean uh, 50 million things to us if you could leave us a rating and review on a scale of one to five uh likes i guess or pokes you know what i'm gonna go one to five pokes remember pokes yeah or one to five cannibal chickens (laughs) no let's go with pokes i like five pokes (laughs) please the rating review on your podcasting platform of choice it would mean a lot to us and it helps us to reach uh 500 million people and beyond so thank you. Thank you for doing that. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. Rewind.